You're listening to the Yoga Teacher Resource Podcast. Knowledge, techniques, and inspiration for your teaching and your practice. I'm your host, Mado Hesselink. If you're a yoga teacher who loves learning, is passionate about spreading the benefits of yoga, and desires more resources to support your teaching, you're in the right place. Let's get started with today's episode. How do you show up for your students when you are personally in crisis? Illness, divorce, death, these all happen to yoga teachers just as much as anybody else. What if you've just had a truly crappy day and can't seem to work through your funk? How much of this should you reveal to your students? Or what about the moments when the reality of global crises such as climate change, racism, and political divisiveness are weighing on your heart? How can we as yoga teachers bring these big issues to our classes in a way that's appropriate for the context and respectful to our students? For many people who attend yoga classes, they are a pocket of peace in a overwhelming and sometimes deeply challenging life. Our students come to class in order to feel better And many yoga teachers assume responsibility for making their class a positive and uplifting experience. Hello, yoga teacher. Today's conversation is about how to strike a balance between giving our students the positive experience that many of them desire while still being honest about our struggles, our challenges, and our conflicting emotions. If you've been listening for a while, then you probably know that I don't really give out blanket solutions that I think are going to work for everybody. On this topic, a great deal is going to depend on your teaching style, your priorities, and definitely your relationship with your students. Your approach is going to have to be pretty different if you are a relatively new teacher, maybe at a gym where there's lots of different people in each class coming in and out versus if you've been teaching a longer time and you have a really dedicated group of regulars. Once you have super regular students, you have built enough trust with them that they'll be much more open to listen to anything that you think is important to talk about. On the other hand, a drop-in student who's maybe taken one or a few classes with you doesn't have the same relationship or level of trust. With a group that includes drop-in students or people who aren't very familiar with you, you're really going to have to land the plane as far as tying back in whatever you're talking about to why is it relevant for them and why are you sharing it in this context, in this class. Many, many yoga teachers are taught to begin their class with either a Dharma talk or a brief introduction to the theme for their class. If you don't use these elements and you use If you don't start with a Dharma talk or an intro to your theme, then there's two other ways that you could structure your classes. One is that you really just talk about the physical. And so maybe you do introduce a physical theme in the beginning, but you're not talking about anything outside of the body. Or you might have the approach where you kind of drop in little nuggets and pieces throughout the class but it's not started with a more explicit introduction. Now, I personally think that that second approach is really very challenging because it doesn't give your students a context to start with. And it's actually very difficult for 
people, most people, to absorb knowledge and wisdom that's outside their body while they're trying to do something challenging with their bodies. Of course, if you taught, say, a restorative class, it could be really perfect. That could be a wonderful way to weave deeper teachings into a physical but very easy, gentle, supported physical practice. However, if you're teaching a more vigorous or challenging class, be aware that whatever you bring in that's not about the body may not be really being heard very much by your students or by all of them because we don't multitask well, even though we might think we do. Humans don't actually do that. We tend to task switch instead. And so if you're asking them to do something with their bodies that's not familiar or challenging, then it's going to be very difficult for them to follow another thread. So with all that said, if you teach a just body-based class, you're not going to struggle with this as much because you're not going to feel compelled to talk about your outside-of-class challenges. That just doesn't fit with how you teach. And if you teach a more subtle approach that's primarily physical but has other little pieces woven through, I want to recommend that you at least give a small introduction in the beginning so that your students have a context for what you're going to say later so that it is easier for them to take it in when they're in a posture that that they might be really, you know, having to focus on a lot, just what's going on in their bodies. So for those of you who do offer a Dharma talk or an introduction in the beginning of your classes, you might be wondering how to refer to things going on in your life or things going on in the world that are weighing on you And you might be conflicted about even whether or not to bring it up at all. Realize that if you don't bring it up, your students might still perceive that something is off about you. And if there's something really big going on for you and you try to hide it, it's going to prevent you from being fully present with your students. It's also possible that hiding your struggles or pretending to be okay when you're not It could make you feel more like a fraud and heighten feelings of imposter syndrome. So in general, I recommend in some way acknowledging that you're going through something challenging, even if it's not appropriate to go into the details. Now, the other side of the coin from oversharing is sharing in a way that feels one-dimensional, shallow, trite, or like a burden on your students. When you share yoga philosophy or really any kind of wisdom or teaching that hasn't been at least partially digested in your own life, it's going to be difficult for your students to relate to it. So I'm a big fan of being upfront about your personal journey, your flaws, your struggles, and where you're at, but doing so from a place of we're all in this together We're all learning together, and here's some things that have worked for me. Maybe they'll work for you too. In the Yoga Teacher Resource Facebook community, I ask people who are requesting to join what their biggest challenge is as a yoga teacher, because that helps me to figure out what to talk about on this podcast. Many of the things I hear are trying to bring the deeper teachings of yoga into classes with students who just want exercise. 
And as a general topic, that's a little bit bigger than what I'm going to talk about today, but I'll definitely do another episode about this. What I will say is that to bring deeper teachings into your classes, it's really important that your students are ready for them. So that means either giving them what they came for pretty quickly and weaving other aspects in more and more over time as you build a trusting relationship, or being super clear in your advertising about what your classes are like so that you attract people who are ready and interested in what you're offering. If what you're noticing is that when you advertise yoga, people equate that with exercise, then if that's not what you primarily want to offer, it's your responsibility to make that really clear ahead of time before they walk into your class. You don't want to do a bait and switch, and you have to deal with reality as it is of what people's perception of yoga is. All right, let's transition to talking about what it might look like to share your personal struggles, challenges, and uncertainties in a yoga class in a way that's helpful for your students. Because rather than being a detriment, I believe that when treated with sensitivity, acknowledging pain, hardship, complexity, and challenge will actually have the effect of helping your students feel seen, understood, and ultimately empowered to handle challenging feelings and situations in their own lives. I'm going to share with you three main techniques for discussing challenging topics in a yoga class setting in a way that feels real without being self-indulgent or burdensome for your students. You can choose just one of these, and you definitely don't need to pressure yourself to use all three at once, but I do think they complement each other well, so don't be afraid to mix and match. The three techniques are one, incorporating a complementary opposite, two, making the theme actionable, and three, focusing on the journey. So what's a complementary opposite? Themes that are one-dimensional are often a little boring. Human nature is really complicated, so if I hear oversimplification, my brain automatically calls bullshit. So for example, if you tell me just focus on peace, part of me is probably going to want to rebel and do the opposite. However, if you invite me to explore the relationship between strength and peace, all of a sudden you have a really interesting way for me to frame my attention during this practice. Challenging topics are complex by nature, so if we add in a complementary opposite, it softens the presentation and allows more people to see their experiences reflected. Now, not every one-dimensional theme is going to fall flat, and there's definitely a place for them. For example, in a class about simplicity, I don't think it would be helpful to add in a complementary opposite. Or if you want to use a challenging topic as a tool to shake people out of their comfort zones, that's admirable, and it's a totally valid approach if you have the right relationship with your students. Or if you've advertised your class accordingly. For example, here in town, I've seen workshops called Yoga for the Obliteration of Tyranny advertised. Now, for a certain population, that's really appealing, and they want to go to that. And if that's how you're framing your class, then you can, you know, you can really go all out in that direction because you know that that's what the people have come for. 
Complementary opposites in and of themselves are a pretty big topic. I could do a whole podcast on them. So this is just a little hint, a little introduction to the idea. When you think about this challenging topic that you want to bring up, think about what's the antidote? What's the opposite? What's something that would provide some interesting tension and balance to it? The next thing to consider is actionability. So whatever you share is the central idea for your class. How is it related or connected to something that they can actually do in your class? What can they work on, whether it's physically or where can they place their attention? If you haven't worked through your concept deeply enough to understand how to apply it, then it might not be the right time to use it as a theme yet. The most powerful ways of incorporating yoga philosophy into your classes is if it is illustrating something that the student is learning, doing, or working on. Now, there are definitely aspects of yoga philosophy that are really interesting as context and maybe not related to practices that you're actually going to do. And these might not be the best choice for sharing with casual students. You can save these for privates or for workshops with students who are the type that really want every single detail. The last technique, working on the journey, requires that you have worked through the issue in your own life to some degree before you share it with your class. So the way to incorporate this is to share where you started, what was holding you back or what mistakes you were making, and then what mindset shifts or practices helped you move from point A to point B. If you talk about specific practices that helped you, then it would be really perfect to weave those practices into your class and let your students try them out for themselves. The magic of this is that there's a lot of hope in a journey. And even if the journey involves a lot of struggle, that's kind of what we're used to in a story. And But we want to end up someplace where there's a little bit sense of conclusion or resolution. It doesn't have to be a final resolution. I mean, that's why there's like these books that have book after book after book in a series, but each time at the end, there's some sense of peace. We feel like some progress has been made. Before wrapping up, I'm going to share some more specific examples of ways that I might use these strategies in my own classes. As I was contemplating this topic, the biggest memory that came up for me was teaching during the summer that my mother died and remembering and realizing how much hardship and struggle really invite you into your body and your life and to show up in a different way. Way before this, when I was a brand new teacher, my mom was actually one of the most regular students at my Tuesday morning gentle class. So when she was diagnosed with cancer many years later, and stopped being able to attend the classes, that class had a super strong sense of community. And I would give regular updates because I was constantly fielding questions from the other students about her. So in that class, I really shared a lot about the journey and in a way took them on the journey with me because they wanted to go. We were all in it together. And it was a way of honoring our connection and for all of us to process her eventual passing. In my other classes where she didn't attend, I didn't talk about it in the same way. I didn't bring it up as much. 
when it was weighing heavily on me, I would acknowledge that and tie it into the practice that I was teaching. So for example, I might say, I'm feeling out of my body today. And so the practice I'm going to share with you is about getting back into our bodies. We're going to do poses that ask for lots of muscle engagement. I'm going to invite you to observe all the sensations that arise moment by moment. And then we're really going to be able to enjoy the release at the end of class for Shavasana. Being upfront about my reasons and my thought process behind the class allowed the students to let their guard down a bit, allowed them to invest more fully in that day's practice. If you're feeling conflicted about whether or not to share a certain idea or challenge with your students, here's some questions you can ask yourself. Ask if you've worked through it enough to be able to share some journey, some progress, or some insight from experience with your students. And if not, why do you want to share this? Does it come from a sense of connection to your students? Maybe a choice to practice being seen as you are? Or is it more of an obligation, like I should be vulnerable? If you're not clear about your intentions for sharing, and you don't have enough progress to be able to be helpful, it's perfectly okay to say something like, I've had a tough day, but I'm really happy to be here with you, and then move into whatever you want to teach that day. You don't always have to tie it into your theme. Now, if a challenge isn't personal to your life, but rather it's something happening in the world that you feel really strongly about bringing to your class, you can ask yourself, what's the antidote? Is there a complementary opposite? Not just to teach your students, but to work on internally so that you have a fuller, more complete understanding of how these complementary opposites interact with each other and why this is a healthy, helpful way of framing this issue. For example, if you're impacted by the sense of divisiveness in politics, you might say, I'm feeling really sad right now about the way the news media feeds our sense of separation. In class today, I invite you to feel both your individual self that you'll be moving and also your connected universal bigger self that's a small piece of an organism that we call planet Earth. By acknowledging both sides, that side that's more compelling, the individual side, and the side that's more uniting, the universal side, we make space for greater understanding of our differences, not in a way that's simple, trite, shallow, or spiritual bypassing, but in a way that acknowledges the complexity of what we're working with in yoga, which is the human psyche. Ultimately, it is yoga's capacity for complexity that makes it so compelling, so endlessly fascinating, and so effective at helping us to work through the many, many challenges of being human. Okay, I've shared a lot on a pretty advanced topic. I hope that it was helpful for you. It's also a little sneak preview into an online course I'm planning to create about embodied authentic themes for yoga classes. Now, it's not the first online course that I'm planning to make, but if you're excited about it, email me at helloyogateacher at gmail.com to let me know, because if I get enough responses, then I may bump it up a bit. If you're not yet on my email list, I would love to send you weekly emails about the podcast, 
occasional bonus content related to the podcast, and right away, a download of 100 yoga class theme ideas. You can get on the list at teachingyoga.net slash join. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for caring enough about your students that you consider the importance of striking this balance and bringing up difficult topics in your classes. I hope you'll join me again next week for an on-air coaching call with a yoga teacher who's wondering if her niche is too narrow. Until then, please remember to take care of yourself and to make time for your personal practice.